Ogumba Wale for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Happy Monday and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. You know, I guess I shouldn't say Monday because, you know, you can listen to these things at any time. But regardless, we're here. Whenever day you're listening to us, I'm Gabe Ibrahim, uh, a basketball analyst for Her Hoop Stats and a bunch of other places. Mainly, you can find me on Twitter at Gabe underscore Ibrahim, yelling about something, usually Arkansas basketball. And I'm alongside our resident gym rat basketball analyst galore, someone you will be seeing on your television screens. I can say that even more confidently now than I did before. Amy Audibert, how are you doing? I'm good, and I'm glad you're confident because I've already got two games canceled on my Well, the, the, you know, eventually. Well, yes, look, eventually. As I'm, I said last week, if it, ha- if it hasn't happened by March, I'm going to get you on a TV screen on YouTube it. somehow. We're going to do that. You know what? I, I don't know about you, Gabe, but like, I feel like every morning I wake up and I'm like nervous of like games that are going to get canceled or, or – and which sounds – that sounds completely selfish. Number one, you yeah. don't like to see that anyone, any program is shutting down because people are, are testing positive. And, and so it's just, we knew, I, I don't think this was something that wasn't going to happen, but it's still hard. I don't know about you, but it's like every yeah. single day you're on Twitter, you're on, you know, any kind of form of media and you're just, you see games being postponed, games being canceled programs being shut down for two weeks and so it's uh it's rewarding when we do get to see a game and everybody's healthy and obviously precautions are being taken uh but yeah so there's my um long long abbreviated long answer no I think it, it, it's true though like you do kind of like I wasn't getting super excited for this South Carolina North Carolina State game uh that was get that happened on Thursday and it was a huge game we're about to talk about it but I wasn't getting excited about it because I was like, I don't want to get my hopes up and then have it not happen. <laughs> and then and then I'm mad about something that is not the thing I should be mad about. I should be mad that where we are in this country, that we don't have um, very strong ways to keep people from getting coronavirus. And that's what we should be mad about. But then I'll be mad about this game not happening. But it did. It did. So, you know, it happened. It was interesting. I'm not saying it was great. Did it fulfill all your wishes? Were you thoroughly entertained with a 54 to 46 final of two teams that average basically 100 points? <laughs> it was so, yes, North, North Carolina State wins uh, with 54 points. Yeah. Um, it was gross. I mean, it, there's no other way to describe this game other than gross. Um, so uh, South Carolina shot 27% from the field. North Carolina State shot a shade better at 29.4%. Uh, the team's combined three-point percentage was 21%. They were 6 of 29 from 3 combined. Um, they had 20 combined turnovers. It was gross. Um, but I thought it was fun. What you, would you think of, like, the overall game before we talk about what it means? Yeah, okay. So I would tell you this. I, I love offense, obviously. Like, we love watching people score the ball. I also don't have a problem with, like, defensive battle yeah. games. Like, there's something about, like, the attitude of, like, you know, you're not going to score on me. And I still – didn't find that in this game, you know, and so <laughs> you low scoring game, you're like, Hey, I'm still going to watch it because that's probably a really good game. And it wasn't, I, I felt that I will say, I, I felt that NC state packed it inside. Like Aaliyah Boston mm-hmm. had a, a terrible night in that, like she just couldn't get anything going. 
And so I will say NC State and Westmore and his um, staff did a great job game planning. Um, but I mean, I think my biggest takeaway from the night was after the game and Coach Don's like post game, I was like scared for them. I was like, mm-hmm. God, I literally woke up Friday and was like, man, those young women are about to have the worst practice of their lives. Like, you know, if you've ever been in that situation where you didn't have a good game and in coaches comments in the locker room, but then also in the media to be like, Oh, we're going to fix it. We're gonna, <laughs> that was the worst. She said, you know, that was the worst game I've ever seen or I've coached or it was like street ball. Uh, no one was listening. Oh, we're going to get it fixed. And I was, so concerned for the women on South Carolina's roster um, just because I'm sure Friday was, they'll probably remember it for a long time. Uh, But yeah, I mean, just, it's one of those games where I don't even know how much you, you watch film. You you almost just like, I think you, yeah, you can learn from certain things, but I think a lot of it was just going back to like the discipline and following a system, you know, late game. I don't know if you want to leave Boston shooting threes, you know, in the last couple minutes, that's kind of where they went. And, you know, her and Desi Henderson combined five for 27 from the field. No, it was, it was and, real. and I think that they just really let the defense dictate what they wanted to do. And huge learning lesson, I think. And I think we saw the response against Iowa State, right? Couple yeah, no, they came they came out, they beat Iowa State, who's a good team by 18 points. So they got they got the message. Um and I I I agree with Don. Like there was a lot of like freelancing and all that, but I don't know. It I didn't think it was like an overly selfish game. That's not that was not my takeaway. I thought it was just like this is an early season matchup. These teams haven't had much of a training camp. And we gotta remember, South Carolina's still really young. Like yeah. Aaliyah Boston is a great player. She's mm-hmm. a sophomore. Yeah. Like the 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 whole front core of this team is sophomores. It's it's a very young team, and you went up against a team in NC State that had great veteran leadership. I mean, you talk about Kayla Jones, who's a senior, sixteen points, twelve rebounds, had the two biggest plays at the end of the game, the dagger three and the draw the drawn charge, first play of the college basketball season that got me to yell so loud that I scared my dog. So great, thanks. Shouts to Kayla Jones for. Let's not forget like Lisa Kunane, she's a exactly. good body inside and she is what is she a senior now like so mm-hmm. you know you got Elise you got Aaliyah Boston on your home court and you're a senior and you look at the accolades and there is a little bit of that not on not in my house and that was yeah. a challenge right from the tip and and so that wasn't going to be a game I felt that self oh, sorry that USC was going to be able to yeah. just go in there and roll anyways uh, but well, and Kunane also, like, I thought it was really interesting. Like, you see, you see Aaliyah Boston's line. She was 4 of 14 from the field, finished with nine points. Alisa Kunane was 3 of 13 from the field, but she finished with 14 points. Why? Because she was able to get to the line. And ba- Aaliyah Boston didn't really do that. And I think that's the difference between a senior and a sophomore. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but I will say this. So uh, they, they dip. They, they're now number five on the AP top 25. Mm-hmm. So they, they dropped four spots from number one to, to number five. I don't think that that staff is super upset about that. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for them, right? Because when you're number one in the country and you are younger and let's go back to SEC media days where – they said, we don't have any a-holes on our team. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity now. So 
if I'm if I'm USC, they go and play against Temple on Thursday night. That is your first gut check of the season. Not not after the to me not after the NC State loss. Now you've dropped big time in the polls. Yeah. So you go one through one through five. Like that's a significant drop, especially because considering you only lost one game against a top ten opponent. But I think everyone was just like, eh, they don't look as good as everyone thought maybe, right? And mm-hmm. so now this is your chance. They should beat Temple, but this is your chance to kind of play with a, somewhat of a chip on your shoulder and, and go back to – and that doesn't mean just go in there and roll them and, and feel like they're better. Do the right things. You should physically overpower them. You are better basketball players. Execute your game plan. And if you're USC, you have got to absolutely roll Temple. I agree with that. I think it is time for them to show a little bit more attitude. I'm not, but the, the, for me, like chemistry, the chemistry we saw from NC State, I think South Carolina will get there with just some more seasoning. Uh, I think the edge that uh, Coach Daly has brought up a lot, I think they'll get there. I think that that's what happens when you play um, a, se- a season, you know, like this. And they have opportunities to make up for their rankings. They play Arkansas, they play uh, UConn, hopefully in in february so you know they have plenty of opportunities there and i think they'll be okay my bigger concerns though is at the top levels their spacing is going to be a problem they have a 17.5 percent three-point rate which is 270th out of 284 teams in division one they do not shoot the three they also really struggle from the free throw line so spacing and free throws that's how you score in today's bat in today's game and South Carolina is struggling with that now. And I don't necessarily know how that gets better. So I am concerned a little bit about South Carolina at the elite levels, but they'll be elite all season. I, I think they will be. I would, I would just come at you being an old school. <laughs> so free throws, you develop confidence through putting in the work. Mm-hmm. So if everybody, you know, top, you, going to the season ranked number one, early tested very early. I would be in that gym shooting a hundred a day yeah. or more if that's one of your biggest problems. And as a staff, give them the information, right? You don't have time to, to shoot a hundred free throws a day in practice, but if you actually want to win a national championship, like you said you did, mm-hmm. like you, you felt that you should have done last year, you got to put in the work. And right. so when you shoot a hundred free throws a day and you have the confidence that you've invested, because that is something that I don't want to say it's easy, but it's simple. It's a simple fit. You got to get the reps yeah. in. You, you have to acquire the confidence because clearly they can all shoot free throws. Why aren't they going in? And you and I both know most of the time that's because of the shoulders up issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there's also conditioning. That was something that uh, Christy Winner Scott actually told me last week. Conditioning is going to be an issue for every team. Um, I think that's going to be a case for South Carolina. You, you need more time to get into the condition of the season. And then, and then I think that'll help, but certainly spacing and free throws to me, are the things that I'm looking at most to improve with South Carolina. If they do that, I think they'll be back right up top at the, at the sort of tier by themselves um, championship favorites, but we got to take, we got to take a quick break, but, and we'll be back to talk about some other contenders because there was teams that looked real good last week and over the weekend for us to talk about. And we'll be talking about them right after this. Have you ever had a candy bar and thought, Hmm, That was delicious. I just wish it was healthy. Have you ever had a protein bar and thought, hmm, that was disgusting. I just wish there was something that tasted better. Well, Built Bar has a solution for you. They are creating the most delicious protein bar ever. They have 
18 amazing flavors, including six new ones like cookies and cream. Their originals like peanut butter brownie. All these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're healthy. They're perfect for the health conscious person looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they're great for a keto diet. Built Bar is giving you everything you could possibly need in a protein bar. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Make sure you use that promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com so they know you came from us. Welcome back to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm Gabe Ibrahim alongside Amy Audubert. We are your Monday crew, but... Just as a reminder, there there's a whole lot else going on in this podcast feed. We're actually at 100 episodes. I just saw that. We're This is uh, episode 101. Episode 100 is uh, Howard Magdell talking to Vic Schaefer and Charlie Collier of the University of Texas. Great interview. I highly suggest it. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you got Eric Ayala talking about essential women basketball research resources on Tuesday. Awesome stuff to – uh, get in if you're if you're kind of wading into the women's basketball waters. She'll teach you what you need to know. And social justice Thursdays, where she's going to be talking about the many many issues um, that women's basketball touches uh, in social justice. So just make sure you subscribe to the podcast for you know whatever podcast thing you're you're using. I know there's like a million now, so just look for us. Locked on women's basketball. Find us there, and you can follow us on Twitter at locked on WBB. But now let's get into a team that looked extremely good over the weekend. The Louisville Cardinals, they beat uh, number 20 DePaul 116 to 75. And Amy, it was, it was not that close. That final score makes it look closer than it was. They were up 50 in the fourth quarter. It was about as complete a performance as possible. Um, what do you think of the cards and – does this kind of change your, your trajectory of, of their season? Yeah, you know what? Uh, they now jumped up, right? They were started off ranked mm-hmm. number five, I believe, and now they're at number two in the country because of that game. Yeah. Because I don't think you really look at – they played Southeast Missouri, Eastern Kentucky, and UT Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you jump up? Because really, when you're number five in the country, you should be handling those teams. Um, like you said, they completely dismantled a very good, a very good football team. program. Like that's the thing. Doug Bruno is in my mind, one of the best coaches in college basketball. I think he's fantastic. I think his players play so hard. They are a dynamic team that likes to play so fast and they can hit shots like incredibly quick. So I thought that Louisville came in there and I, it was a close game for a little bit. Right. First quarter was competitive. Actually really fun. Um, But then DePaul just kind of stopped hitting a couple shots and Louisville, like it just seemed like they they took their foot and pressed right on the Mm -hmm. gas and didn't look back. I am so impressed with Haley Van Lith. I mean, she, everyone knows that obviously she's one of the top recruits and all this stuff, but it's, it's one thing like you're a top high school player, you know, one of the top players in the country but then when you step into one of the top teams in the country and you're expected to fit in all of a sudden and play a role, well, she's completely dominating. Um, I think Dana Evans has taken off with Van Lith. You know what I mean? Like she's completely embraced her. 
And um, right now, Haley's averaging 16 and over seven rebounds a game in 27 minutes. And, and Evans is averaging 20 points over five assists a game in 25 minutes, shooting 47% from the field. And then you look at the cast, right? Kiana Smith, over 15 points in 20 minutes. Olivia Cochran, one of the best rim runners, bang, bang inside right now in the country. She's averaging over 14 points in 19 minutes. So you are looking at a team that, yeah, they're taking care of business and they're smoking who they should be smoking. Uh, but man, to me, that DePaul game was, that was special. And Jeff Waltz has got to feel good. Now, big, big test this week. They go to Cameron on Wednesday mm -hmm. and, and play at Duke. And I think anytime you're going in to play Carol Lawson now, like there's got to be a different level of respect and humility going into that game. And so I'm really excited to see what this Louisville team looks like on Wednesday night. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I agree with you on, on uh, Haley Van Lith that um, she was just, she's just ready. You know, she's ready to be in the, in college basketball. And that's yeah. something that not, not every freshman can do when you're coming in, and especially with her. Cause she has a target on her back. She has like 670,000 Instagram followers. Like people have paid attention to her. They want, they want to get after her and she's been putting up these numbers, but frankly, the defense for Louisville, unbelievable. So that really cool stat that heaven Hill of her hoop stats found that's going to be in his story on uh, the her hoop stats newsletter probably either tomorrow or Wednesday. I'm not sure, but I saw a stat. It was awesome. I want to read it. Uh, they, so DePaul came into this game against Louisville second in points per play. Yeah. They left this game against Louisville at 37th in points per play. I know it's small sample size, but yo, like <laughs> that's some amazing defense. They had 11 blocks, eight steals. It was suffocating. And that's what I was most impressed by. You know, I'm looking at early in season. I, what I'm looking for is proof of concept. Okay, when I when this team needs to is going to win a national championship, but when we're looking at these championship teams, what do I need to see out of them? What I need to see from Louisville, I saw against DePaul. Great offense, really strong defense. They were in shape, they were ready to go, and they just kept going at you. They didn't care if they were up by forty. They kept going at you, and that to me is proof of concept at for this team to be a championship team. Yeah, I totally agree. DePaul was one of the highest. I think they were averaging well, well over 100 a game. I think they were oh, yeah. number two in the country in scoring at that time. Yeah, and I think yeah. they had, what, 40 or 50 at half? Like, um, now I, do, I do, do I think that DePaul's also a team that's going to run and gun and just have yeah. a ridiculous amount of offensive possessions a game because of the pace they want to play? And, and don't forget, like, DePaul, full court pressure, right? Like, the mm -hmm. entire, they're up in your face. And so – when you look at what Haley Van Lith was able to do against pressure, break it down right away, you know, make a great pass. And we, we talked about the rim, the rim runner in Olivia Cochran. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're in shape. And like you mentioned in the previous segment, the conditioning is, is going to be a huge issue this season. And, and right now Louisville looks, looks really good. And I, I don't want to take the conversation away from Louisville, but it kind of reminds me right now of Stanford because number one team in the country, I understand they're on the West coast. We're not, we really haven't lauded about them yet, but yeah. Just this kind of goes back to the conditioning games. They've only played three games. They've had two games canceled and one postponed. They're not getting the reps that Louisville's getting, you know? And so what does it look like if we get to March? They just, they're not getting the reps and they've had to relocate to Vegas. They've had 
you know, their biggest challenge with their Pac-10 foe, Washington, they only beat them by 33 points. It's pretty impressive. But but like, I know, right? Yeah, they're doing what they, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is, this is well out of their control, but I guess just my point is you look at a team like Louisville, who is, you know, already played four games, four or five games now, you know, and then you look at a team like Stanford, who's had already, like I said, two canceled and one postponed. And you just, it's kind of going to be one of those seasons, I think, that is going to have an asterisk. I mean, yes, I know you're like, I can tell you're going to dig into this one. And we will definitely be digging into this, hopefully in March. But almost like you could say like the NBA season where it's kind of going to be one of those, yeah, but. However, I ask you, you look at like the mental anxiety and those types of pressures that are also going into those seasons. So I'm just thinking, I know it's early to be thinking, but Stanford's number one and they've already dropped, they've lost three games now already. And so it's tough. No, it's tough. And and I, I, I just, I mean, I think for me, if every team's competing, there's no, there's, I don't believe in asterisks. Like if we're going to hand out championship, it's legitimate. You you got to Whoever wins the title went through a lot to get there and they deserve, but that's not, that's, that's a conversation for a different day. Personally, I agree with you. I think Louisville should be number one or NC state. I, I think there's a great argument for NC state being number one. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. I, I don't mind Stanford being at one, that 33 point win over Washington is really impressive, but we can't watch it. because It's on the PAC 12 network. Um, <laughs> so I'll have to figure out a way to watch Stanford after the games happen. Um, I'm also a little mad that NC state's behind UConn. I know it's not UConn's fault, but they haven't played a game yet. And NC state just beat the number one team in the country who everyone thought was going to ride, you know, ride through the season undefeated. Dave, you said gross. Like, I think so many people watching that game were like, I, I just don't You know. win. You have I, to I'm win the game. Wrong. I, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong, but in true devil's advocate form, yeah. um, I, I think a lot of people that were watching that game were expecting more or better. Was it a great win for NC State? Of course it was. No. Did NC State also probably watch that film after and, like, think, man, we could have done this. We should have done – you know, like, look at this – so I just I hear what you're saying, but I also understand. Don't forget, these are human eyes that yeah. vote that put place these top 25 votes, and a lot of them probably felt what you said, which was gross. Now, was it a hard-earned win? Yes, I do not want to take that away from that program, but I'm just kind of playing the flip side here. I, I don't know. I love gross games. Like the the my favorite game of the year for college football was the game where both teams didn't have their long snappers and it was like, there was like nine bad snaps and the, the final play was a team taking a safety. So they didn't have to do a long snap. So that, that's my feeling on sports. I love gross games. Um, but yeah, I, I get it, but I don't know. It's just like NC state has played and we've been impressed yeah. and UConn hasn't yet, but that's a little thing. The other little thing that I'm mad about is Arkansas is behind Mississippi state. Arkansas is obviously a team that I am in love with. They beat yeah. Baylor number four Baylor. They looked great. I think their defense was much improved. Their chances paid off on the defensive end. They caused a lot of turnovers. They looked great, and you're going to put them behind the team that lost to USF. Um, and it's kind of in a similar boat in terms of preseason rankings. And then you have Arkansas ahead of Maryland. Maryland who beat Arkansas. Like, come on, guys. Just just come on. Let's, let's have a little consistency in the rankings, but whatever. When does USC and, uh, and Arkansas match up? Because that is uh, a this. I know you're probably going to be so excited. Oh, yeah. I think Arkansas is going to be one of those teams that just doesn't get a lot of respect. I mean, it sounds I like get, I'm going to be yelling about this all season. Yes, I agree. 
also side note because I know you're looking up that date you mentioned Baylor and I I just the Baylor women's basketball program put out this amazing video about D.G. Richards who took a ridiculously hard hit in practice was it September like mm-hmm. couldn't feel her legs and it was just a quick first of all they released the actual practice footage it's not it's it was an incredibly hard hit um but man I mean then we just take a step outside and it, it's one of those reality checks of the, just like some of the incredible things that people have to overcome every day and just the fact that D.G. Richards is playing again on one of the top teams in the country and she literally couldn't walk what two months ago um it was it's absolutely incredible and i think anyone listening who hasn't seen that quick it's only about two two or three minutes long uh worth a check because it's just it makes you sit down for a second and just okay and didi and didi's playing great too um so that art sorry the, the south carolina arkansas game is scheduled for january 18th where we might do a whole podcast on that one game um the the um Monday too <laughs> but Didi so I the, the, this is the side we're going along in the segment uh someone someone from the athletic I want to say it was Chantel Jennings had an article talking to various scouts and someone said Didi Richards has zero offensive skill set and I have been mad about it since I read that because like no that's not true and also they compare I don't know if it was the same scout or a different scout but they compared her. She, they were like, oh, she has the same body as Glory Johnson, but none of the skills. I'm like, first off, D.D. Richards is a point guard. Glory yeah. Johnson is a power forward. Like Secondly, <laughs> and 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 D.D. is a tremendous passer. She's developing a nice little mid-range game when she showed off against Arkansas. She can get to the rim. She knows how to do things on offense. She has just ceded a lot of that responsibility to whoever the big is for Baylor because Baylor usually has a great big. And you know what she does on offense? She gets them the freaking ball. That's a skill. Yeah. People don't think about this. And I think, you know, you're, you're a center. You can tell me. How important is it for someone to be able to get a ball in to the big? Not many guards can do that nowadays. So I think it's wrong. Yeah, post-passing is a huge problem. Yes, um, across basketball. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm not talking about in transition when no one's around. I'm talking about someone in your face hitting the right angle, the right target, right? And as a post player, you're, yeah. you're pinning. So you don't necessarily can't just move um, completely free. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think she's – I don't know what she's listed as with her height, but I look at her and she looks really lanky and, like, that's just the kind of twitch that excites me yeah. um, from a guard standpoint. And uh, I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, her I, – I know, like, she probably doesn't want to talk about it forever because she is a great basketball player. But, man, her story is just yeah. absolutely incredible. And I don't think anyone's ever too bummed to see her, you know, Baylor win basketball games because of what that, and I mean, that affects the whole program, right? That was like, that's the thing. That's not just one of your sisters. So that's uh, a team. That's a team leader. Yeah. That's a team leader too. Like that's not just some, some player, like that's one of your leaders. Um, So yeah, she definitely has an offensive skill set at that scout. (laughs) Um, And then, and and secondly, she has a great story. And this, I I think this Baylor team is going to be just fine. They got into foul trouble against Arkansas. But they're going to be really good, and I think D.G. Richards is going to make an impact at the next level. We'll talk about that when we get closer to the draft. She may not be a first-round pick. She may not be a second-round pick. But wherever she ends up, she's going to make that team, and she's going to make an impact. That's my prediction for D.D. Richards. we got to take a break. We're actually going to get into some WNBA draft talk with the lottery happening last week, and we'll get you a, a little shift to the WNBA right after this. 
We're going to get into the WNBA draft lottery here on Locked On Women's Basketball in just a second. But we want to remind you that the wait is almost over. Yes, the very long wait, the very long, like two week wait between NBA seasons is almost over. The 2020 2021 NBA season is almost here. And Locked On NBA podcast will have you ready for uh, with a special week beginning on December 14th. Get previews on every single team, division by division, from all 30 of our Locked On local experts, including not us, because this is made for a Locked On show that's not us. But plus, uh, there's going to be waiver wire additions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Rookies to Watch, from Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, NBA season starting. Great. But, you know, th- hey – I was sleeping great. Now I just have more basketball to watch, you know, at least uh, the, and Euro league was this week. So yeah, just 24 hours of basketball. Um, great stuff. What, what can we say? Right. You're either huh? like, you're, there's no happy medium. There's no. no, like just a couple games here and there. It's either nothing or it's, yes. I can't keep up. <laughs> and, and both those, like both those are like largely untenable. I would rather be drinking from the fire hose, but doing nothing is also untenable. So it's just like, well, now I have to, you, you got to go, you got to go both ways. So we're going to watch basketball 24 hours a day. And if you're a WNBA fan, we've been constantly reminding you, you should be watching college basketball for the draft. And we just got our last piece of the puzzle for the draft order. The WNBA draft lottery was on Friday at halftime of that Louisville DePaul game. And it shook out with the New York Liberty getting the first pick, the Dallas Wings getting the second pick, Atlanta getting the third pick, and Indiana getting the fourth pick. The Fever uh, will have the fourth pick this year. Um, so, obviously, New York has gotten the, the top pick the last two years. This has now been – so we had a streak of the Aces getting three first-round picks. Uh, now we have a streak of New York getting two first-round picks. Kevin Pelton had a tweet talking about uh, – how Seattle got two straight first round picks. I mean, two straight number one overall picks um, in 2003 and 2004, which I believe is Sue Bird and Lauren Jackson. Uh, then in 20, God, was it 2015, 2016, which would be Jewel Lloyd, Graham Stewart. Uh, then the Aces obviously had their run of three. All those teams made the finals within two years of their last number one pick. New York, looking good, but your, your WNBA finalists in 2023. Yeah, I mean, so if I just see Jonathan Cole pump that fist one more time, right? It's funny because <laughs> he showed his reaction last year when he got mm-hmm. number one and everyone knew that meant Sabrina. And it was literally the exact same thing. It was like a two or three second delay because that there there's a little delay. And then the fist bump. And I'm like, man. But I will say, like, obviously, New York has got to feel like, of course, they're so excited. Let's not forget they had seven rookies on their seat on their roster last year. So when, when you want to talk about just like um, foundation and building something, now you're adding again your in your opinion who you think the best player is going to be with absolutely no one stepping in your way. That that's tremendous. Uh, I think Walt Hopkins is, you know, like again, like you, you have all these young players. You have one of the most polarizing players in our game probably in Sabrina, right? And so now, yeah, you get to go. I mean, I hope they go. I hope they get just a beast, really, that yeah. can do a little bit. A very can do a little bit of everything, right? Um, to just complement yeah. 
what they already have. But uh, yeah, I like, okay, <laughs> next year someone, I, I would say this, I feel bad for Atlanta because if you look at the percentages, they could, they should have gotten number two, <laughs> and, number two. you know, they got number three, but really what's funny is this was the order last season too, right? With New York mm. and Dallas. Uh, Dallas is another team that has had a tremendous amount of success in terms of um, high picks and they've made some really good moves. So we'll see where they go, but, uh, and we'll see what happens. I think Vicki Johnson, what, four days ago, uh, the rumors are leaking that yeah. she would be named the, the next head coach and that still hasn't happened yet, but. Oh, I forgot to talk about that. Yes, that, that is something that happened that she's going to be, she may be announced on, they're going to make the announcement on December 9th. So that's Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday morning, they'll be announcing um, who their next head coach is reported that it's going to be Vicki Johnson, the assistant coach for the uh, Las Vegas Aces, formerly San Antonio Stars head coach, the only uh, black woman head coach in the WNBA. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, I, so Indiana was third last year. Now they're fourth. So that was the yeah. one that only um, wrap up. And, and at some point you want these four teams to start making some moves. I do yeah. think Dallas, I know, you know, I like Dallas. Like they have, the, you look at who that's, who's on that roster um, obviously with Arike and Datu and, and Mabry and, you know, like continuing yeah. to grow and grow. And so adding another top, top echelon player, I think my issue um, right now with the whole draft is where my mind, not even issue, but where my mind completely boggles is who the heck knows who is going to be available for the draft. Um, don't forget players are not getting charged a year of eligibility. And so who, I mean, at what point, like, is there going to be a cutoff date where you have to tell the NCAA, um, your coaches or whatever, if you're going to reclassify and come back, because I mean, not only is it completely changing the landscape of recruiting, you know, if you're a head coach and you think you have a, a, a senior point guard graduating this year and you're recruiting, you know, a couple point guards. Well, now that senior point guards coming back next year, mm -hmm. like obviously that's one side of it, but the W here, right? Like, I mean, the amount of work that these organizations are going to have to do because there's going to have to be how many people on their charts now, depending on who's de deciding they're going to leave, who's going to come back. I think we've got some juniors um, that would, that are going to be ready to, to enter the draft, but because of the COVID, because of the opportunity to come play, do they go? Do they stay? And really, Nikki Collin was the one that said it was more about just not being able to see some international players, no. in person. and that's a huge issue, right? Like you can't just travel and, and watch players. And so, I will be more excited about talking about the draft when it's much closer to that time because yeah. we really there is just so much unknown right now. No, and I think um, the teams know more than us. That's what Nikki Collin told me. Like I asked a question about this exact issue um, because I'm writing an article about it, but the, the, she was like, we kind of have, we kind of know, you know, we talk, we talk to the coaches, we talk to, we get to talk to as many people as we can talk to, or we're allowed to talk to. And we know kind of like who's aiming to come out, who may stay. Um, she brought up Michaela Pivik as a player who probably would have come back um, if she had the extra year, but a lot of other players just kind of know, like it's time to move on. So They'll, they'll have a good idea. Um, as far as what they're aiming for, uh, Greg Bibb of the Dallas Wings, the Wings GM, he said that they want some more interior defense and toughness. Um, so I'd look for big center 
Um, Nikki Collin said she was looking for a point forward. She brought it up a couple times that she would love someone who could handle the ball and shoot with some size. I mean, who wouldn't want that, right? Um, and then uh, Jonathan Kolb of the New York Liberty, he mentioned that they're probably geared toward post players. But knowing the Liberty, like they're, they're kind of aiming to draft somewhat like the Miami Heat do, if you pay attention to the NBA. You know, the Heat just kind of look for the guy who does the, the, the Heat-like things, and then you'll figure out a position for them. I think that's kind of what the Liberty are trying to do um, in, in their drafting. Just get the person who can, who's going to fit into the culture. You'll figure out where to put them. That's where I'd, I'd guess they're going. Um, but, yeah, you know, it is going to be really confusing. I'm not sure how much, like, we can do mock drafts or we can really – um not yet prognosticate right it's it's hard it's hard to do yet um we know kind of who's going to be a prospect at some point though um so we could talk about them but you know for now we know the order of the draft we know who's picking first it's the liberty and we we can kind of get the inkling of what they're looking for at the very least um and then we kind of know what the other teams are looking for as well so it does kind of give us a little bit more um it's also nice that as opposed to the NBA and the WNBA, you get free agency before the draft. So like these teams aren't going to be fully like, okay, we really need a point guard. So we need to draft a point guard in this class. If we can't get anyone a free agency, you know, it, it happens in the correct order in my opinion. Yeah. And I also think too, with the top four picks, like I don't, there, there is no Sabrina in this class right now. Right. So like, other than oh, yeah. that, like, and you know, an example, like Atlanta was fourth last year and they got Kennedy Carter I think maybe one of the players that is out of this class really going to explode. And so um, it, it's just, it's an interesting class. Just like I, like I say, you don't want to dive in too much into it, uh, but on top of not exactly figuring out exactly who that top player is, but then also even if that top player is going to decide to leave or not, because now yeah. every single player has that option um, playing college basketball. So a lot of time, um, you know, these four teams at some point, one of them has got to make a push for the playoffs because I don't want to see oh, yeah. the same four teams in the lottery every year. Yeah, no, I agree. Right. We'll get, we'll have to have that conversation. Cause I know who you're going to say, I don't know who I'm going to say. So we'll have to have a debate on it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure at least one of these teams are going to be in the playoffs next year, but that's all we're gonna have to talk about at least next week, maybe into the future where we're going to be talking about women's basketball right here on locked on women's basketball. Uh, thank you guys for joining. Make sure you subscribe to us on whatever podcast feed you're looking up. Uh, leave us a rating, leave us a review. If you want to, that'd be awesome. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, follow us on Twitter at locked on WBB. I'm at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. Amy is at Amy Audubert. And we will talk to you guys next week.